2: Hey, up! it's the No Name Ever podcast,
3: with your host, Jamie Smith.
4: Good evening, welcome to the No Name Ever podcast, and um, we've got another excellent win to celebrate today. QPR, of course, the visitors to Surfmore on Saturday, dispatched comfortably 2-0, and my guests to talk about that game today are Robbie, Ben, James, and we've got Adam doing the buttons. We'll start with you then, James. What did you make of Saturday's performance? It was pretty good, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was an, I think it was another convincing win uh, against quality opposition. And, uh, you know, we went into the game with people thinking that maybe we weren't going to be challenging all season. Um, obviously, big game against the favourites of the title, and I think we've shown that we could match anyone.
4: What, what was the most impressive thing about the performance for you, James?
2: Um, can I say the goal? Because that was a. A fantastic piece of play, just to the way that Sam Volks doesn't even seem to look up to find Danny Ings, but yeah he, he just, just he knows where but,
4: he is, doesn't he? He obviously knows exactly where Ings is going to go. Those two seem to have a really good partnership now.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely, I think because uh, as long as we can keep Vings fit, then uh, you know we've we've got a good chance this season.
4: The Vings partnership, of course, the term coined by our very own. Kevin Robinson live on the Known and Ever podcast, I think it was, and the club started using Vings as well, so we'll have to start get to some, get some uh, royalties from them for that. <laughs> Robbie, we'll come to you now, then. What did you make of Saturday's game?
3: Absolutely brilliant performance. Um, everyone's talked about how brilliant we were against Reading, but that was on a whole new level for me. I thought we were absolutely brilliant all over the field. What about that goal? Do you think that was maybe the the best goal we scored this season, or can you think of a better one? Yeah, absolutely, a really really good goal. Um, absolutely sublime reverse pass by Sam Vox into Danny Ings, and it was only one thing that was going to happen; we were going to hit the back of the net. <laughs> I'm not sure what the note, I
4: think um, someone's <laughs> Skype is ringing now after we get that muted. One of the things that I want to highlight about the first goal actually is the, the contribution of Dean Marney, who won the ball extremely quickly in midfield, he got onto the loose ball really quick and slipped in, I think it was Ings initially, but that, that really subbed up, summed up Sean Dyches Burnley for me, the fact that um, we won the ball and we had it in the back of the net within just a few seconds um, Ben, what, what are the more striking things for you from Saturday's performance?
1: Well I think the thing about it that's most important is that um we've had you know we've had such a good run so far, but everyone's been, you know, been talking about the level of the opposition we've had and, and as it's been said before, it was the first time really, apart from maybe at Reading that we've come up against a side that's undeniably a quality side and yet managed to see them away quite comfortably. And I know the goal's been talked about a lot so far, but it was it was it was just such a class goal, wasn't it? That you know, as we've said, it's like this telepathic relationship between the two of them. But I've been looking up and, and you know, it could have been a win that was decided with a 1-0, a it was just a scrappy goal. But I think that there's no, you know, there's no denying we're the better side on the day. So uh, it's, it's good to see. Well, the critics,
4: of course, can still say that we haven't beaten anyone above us in the table. <laughs> but that's because we've been top for a few weeks now. And uh, it looks like that will be set to continue with a three-point cushion that we've opened up. 11 points, we've got now down to seventh place. It's all looking extremely, extremely rosy. One of the things I noticed from the game as well, James, was Michael Keighley. I've not seen that much from him yet as an attacking force, but the way he presses and harries the opposition gives them not a moment's peace. As soon as the ball comes out of the back line, Keighley and on the other side, to a lesser extent, Tracy was in for Scott Arfield, pressing straight away. And it's that pressing game that means the opposition just can't settle at all.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think um obviously what we've seen from Cathy so far is that I think mean, he's uh, a bit rusty and his final ball's been lacking. Um <clears throat> but he's still brought that, that energy to the to the side and he's uh, you know, his pressing in particular has just just been just what the side needs. Um it's something that our field in particular has been really good at this season. Um but we've also seen it from Keith Tracy, which I think is a, a real sign of the new Keith Tracy. Um Keith Tracy of old probably wouldn't be putting in that shift going back, and uh, I think he does now. So I think that's shown just his improvement.
4: I'm glad you brought up Tracy because obviously we speak about Keith quite a lot on the podcast. We're all big fans of wanting to just keep turning it around, and there were a couple of worries um, when when Arfield when Arfield's injury was confirmed, it was going to be Tracy that we weren't going to be able to play that pressing game. But Tracy performed. Extremely well in that same role and also as the added creativity from the that we saw in the, the cross across the, the six yard box that was just out of Danny Idrich. It was a really excellent game. Um Robbie we'll come back to you on uh, the point about the way Burnley press at the moment.
3: Um yeah, we I were watching um Southampton on, on Sky on Saturday and they do something really, really similar. They press again high up the field and win the ball back and and then they're already straight into the attack and and I was wondering whether Sean Dach has got maybe the idea from watching Southampton last season. I,
4: I think that's a, a thing that the new Southampton manager brought in, wasn't it? So, um, And it's not really... It's Southampton aren't exactly the first team to do that. It's very much a, a Barcelona, a Swansea type, type tactic to make sure you push on the opposition force them into mistakes, win the ball back as quickly as you can. One of the things I, I thought was particularly noticeable was... QPR, quite happy to let them have it across the back, quite happy to let them play it into Barton and Henry in front of the back four. But as soon, as soon as they wanted to try and turn and come forward, our midfield were on them straight away. And players like Ings and Volk's just working like Trojans all game. Andy, I think we've got you connected now. What, what did you make of... Hello, joining us a little oh. bit late due to the technical issues. I'm here now. What, <laughs> what did you make of Saturday's game?
0: I thought it was best we've played in, well, possibly all the time I've been watching Burnley, so I thought had years. I thought they were superb. I don't think any single player um, had a lack of a dip in form. Everyone, to a man, was superb. And um, for the first time, I thought Kieran Knightley was superb as well.
4: <laughs> yeah, I still think Kylie's final ball needs to come on a bit, but his work rate, I noticed he was. It was, work rate was great. He was, he was chasing yeah, he was. down the opposition, even in injury time. It's like, have a rest. We've won the game. It's over. <laughs> like, you don't need to still be running. You're knocking yourself out. We've got a game on Tuesday night. Calm down.
0: Junior yeah. will be playing instead of him then, he, on Tuesday tomorrow.
4: Well, we'll we'll get to the West Ham a little bit later in the show, but obviously David Jones will be missing out because he's picked up a suspension for his five bookings, and Marnie, being Marnie linked off with a, I think it was a thigh problem, wasn't it? and obviously we don't know about Arfield, so the, the team could be a bit different, but we will come back to that. Jack's been on the chat already, actually. He's got a stat for us, and I know I, um, some members of the panel, James particularly, like the stats. I think we did something similar to this last week with the, uh, the teams that have been top at this stage. Jack says in the last five seasons, the team that has been placed first on the 28th of October has gone on to gain promotion four out of five times as champions, and we've got more points than any of them at this stage. So we would be making history in a bad way if we weren't to get promoted from here. We will come on to the promotion chances a little bit later in the show. we had a point from Ganks as well on the live chat saying, Kyle's work rate has been brilliant since day one. I think that was probably one of the reasons Dash wanted to bring him to the club, the fact that he will run all day and it's really important to our plan. And Will has been on as well. He says, Dash has watched a lot of football from the Bundesliga and he likes the way they press high up the pitch. Teams like Borussia Dortmund that we've seen Do that in Europe of course it's a great effect last season um one of the things that did also happen in the QPR game was the incident with Bertie B which gained a lot of buzz buzz get it buzz on Twitter because of um his incarceration James did
2: you see what happened with Bertie B I didn't see the initial offence, no, because I'm I'm quite a, a way away from where that happened. But um, I did see his, his standing ovation from the the James Hargreaves lower after the incident, <laughs> um, as because as he as he left the immediate area of the playing field, he was still down the side of the uh, cricket field stand, um, sort of you know giving the crowd a, a wave and uh, prompted a standing ovation, which I think is the first time I've seen a mascot get a standing ovation.
4: I think he probably got one um, in his previous. But, yeah, like the, the, the streaker. The, exactly, that. the Preston game when it was uh, the streaker with the score. I, I did watch that again backside. earlier, actually.
2: And uh, <laughs> but If, you, if you watch moments. that one, he sort of the way he stands up after. It's like if you've ever watched American football, and someone makes a tackle, and they're all sort of just strutting around. He's doing that in front of the Bob Lord. <laughs> Brilliant.
4: Brilliant, you've got to love Bertie B. Robbie, did you see the Bertie B incident? Apparently, it was something to do with the linesman. I, I didn't see it. Um, I,
3: uh, I didn't really know what was going on at first. I saw the referee pointing and um, towards some a couple of a couple of men in black jackets, and I thought he was sending those away originally, but and then they both grabbed Bertie and off Bertie went and got and again got a standing ovation. It was I weren't expecting it. It was very, very strange. Uh, one, I was talking to
4: my mate, actually, about this the other day. He, he thought it was extremely harsh on Bertie because surely this sort of thing happens all the time. One of the jobs of the mascot is to have a bit of banter with the crowd. Um, Andy, you've got points to make on our B. Our
0: <laughs> B, yeah. I, I believe it was something to do with Rob Green complaining to the linesman about him, though, because he had a, a oh, really? shirt on. Yeah, apparently you're not. They're not yeah. allowed to warm up with burn the shirt or something.
2: Well, I said that. No. that You'd
0: so have to send all the portraits. crowd off, <laughs> wouldn't you? I,
2: I, don't, I don't, I don't think that's true. I, I did speculate whether it was that during the game, but I did also say to uh, to who I was sat with that if you can't tell the difference between the the guy <laughs> with it? the big head <laughs> and uh, the players, you, is Rob Gravenum to be a referee.
4: But it,
1: a he apparently the way that
2: he stood off the pitch as well. He, he apparently offered some glasses to the the linesman, and the Daily Mail actually do have pictures of the the incident. As much as I where I did he get glasses out, from? Um, Someone in the I, crowd, I don't think he it? gave him glasses. I thought he suggested heard glasses. But, oh, all right. Yeah. Well, yeah in any case, the, the Daily Mail have visual of this. Um, as much as I hear, from more people go into the Daily Mail uh, <laughs> if you want to see yeah. that. Search. We don't. Bertie we definitely don't. don't recommend. Uh, the don't club
4: break, should sell
0: Bertie B glasses.
4: <laughs> that could be a promotion. That could be one of our. Uh, <laughs> no, no, never launch that. Bertie B glasses. A, a new T-shirt. <laughs> we should do a free the B T-shirt. If, if you've uh, not seen this in the last few days, we actually launched a, a store on the website called Spreadshirt, where you can buy your very own Vings T-shirt and um, brand new venture for us i think they're selling adult t-shirts uh, around the 14 15 pound marks so you can get those and we'll um we'll stick a link up on the twitter as well so you can get those if you're
2: very small you can wear a kid's shirt and that's about eight pound 50
4: if if you're very very small you can get a baby girl <laughs> but
2: yeah i'm not sure many people will be
4: able to buy one of those uh i think we need to move on um, from there let's talk about danny ings again um had a week off last week with not scoring Ipswich. I wondered if maybe he'd gone off the boil a little bit, but Andy or his his main cheerleader, another two cracking goals on Saturday.
0: I think I think I actually love the guy. Um it was really <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit young for you, I, Andy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Perhaps. I could be his father. He was um that first, that first <laughs> goal was probably one of the best I've seen. In quite it a long time terrible. on that, probably since probably since that J Rod goal when it went sort of off the length of the pitch, um, it, oh, was, exactly. it was it was it yeah, was yeah, it was pretty it was a pretty <laughs> superb goal. That if that had been Robbie van Persie, they'd have been waxing lyrical about it on match of the day. Yeah. And then uh, and then he got the penalty, which was uh, you know he dispatched that pretty well. But he said he he, he said on his interview that he he's only took two before and he missed, he missed the last
4: one, so it's good that he scored it. It's obviously full of confidence, sending Green the wrong way with a penalty as well. It's right in the corner. Yeah, um, I, bel- ben, I believe the, the
0: Tech... No, um, no, sorry, no. What well, I, no. I believe whoever whoever the fouls committed against that are things and, Thing, yeah, things, and exactly things, things, in, <laughs> things, things and things, things and
4: things,
0: things 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 t shirts. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, whether, whoever whoever, whoever only of, exists to sell <laughs> whoever,
0: whoever out of things gets uh, gets fouled takes the penalty, which I think's uh, probably there's not many players do that in uh, in this day and age.
3: And we have lost Jamie, so. Um I I was just saying I thought it was always Vokes that took the penalties until um Danny Ings got fouled and then um, Oh is that what it is? Yeah and then Danny Ings would take it. I think that's what he said no, in his parrots play recently. I
2: thought it was dependent on who is fouled and various other factors.
3: Such as like up
2: who's up for it basically.
3: Oh right, okay.
4: That makes sense.
2: Jamie, are you back now?
4: Isn't it just whoever's nearest the ball grabs it? <laughs> the ball, boy yeah, ball. Which,
2: whichever one punches the other one hardest. I guess. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh,
0: Only one way to sort this out: fight. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I miss Harry Hill.
4: He's not on TV we'll say, anymore. We'll, we'll get Harry Hill on the, the non and have podcast at some point. And, <laughs> and you could and wear we'll, a bings T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Moving on from Bertie B, which is how I think we got started on that one, I need to mention the Joey Barton incident. Uh, Barton, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your point of view, was actually hit by a bottle thrown from the James O'Reilly's law stand. Um, Share a Coke with Joey is what they've been saying on the, the social networks, which is mildly amusing, I suppose. But still something we like to see. Obviously, even Joey Barton shouldn't be subject to throwing bottles um, we seem to have a bit of a problem, Robbie, with that part of the ground because it was also the, the fans in there ripping up seats after the Rovers game. And during this game as well, just issue? to point out. Sorry, what was that, James?
2: Some seats were ripped out in this game as well.
4: Really? Well...
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I heard from uh, one person who, who's on my, my Facebook um, that the person behind him thought a good way to celebrate a goal was to kick his seat in. Yeah.
4: That's just absolutely ridiculous. Like One of the things that um, Lee how old was told he? me. In...
2: I don't know how old the guy who kicked his right. seat was, but the person who said he saw someone doing it is about like, 24, 25.
4: <coughs> one of the things Lee Hoo told me in our interview that we did quite recently was that after the Rovers game, the club had to pay £30,000 to replace seats and basically fix the stadium after it had been destroyed by our own fans, which is shocking, really. Thirty grand doesn't sound like a lot of money, but that's was wages for two, three, four players for a week, so it all mounts up when you hear things like these happening. Uh, Munch has been on the chat, says Joey Barton provokes some of the James Argue's lower, potentially, but even still, you don't throw bottles at him, does it? So, yeah, that's just the sort of things we're dealing with, and we've got Persistent standing down there, and there's been various bits and bobs, so I think they'll need to do something about that part of the ground. Um, I think we'll move on to the quiz now, actually. Have you got the quiz music there? Yes! <laughs> Andy loves a good quiz. It should be a good one this week, actually. I think it should be a good quiz. Um, prompted by Danny Ings' latest brace, which is his third brace of the season. Yet to score a hat-trick for the club, but he's getting there, he's getting there. He's scored braces against QPR, Birmingham and Forest already this season. So it got me thinking players who scored hat-tricks recently, and there's been 24 Burnley hat-tricks since 1990. So almost one a year, almost one a year. Um, Obviously, some players have scored more than one, but what I want from you, my panel today, um, examples of hat-tricks, not just players who scored them, but the the match, if you can remember, and the scoreline as well. So we'll kick off with you, Robbie, if you think of um, a hat-trick, In the last 23 years.
3: Um, Charlie Austin away at Portsmouth.
4: Very good. That was Austin's first club in a 5-1 away win. Um, Austin, of course, a fabulous goalscorer and was back at the turf on Saturday. Didn't really do much, did he, on Saturday, but his service was quite poor. Uh, James, have you
2: got a hat-trick for us? I think I've got two. Um, Adiakin by Luton.
4: Yep. Very, very famous um, hat trick, of course. John Spice relative and to goal at the end.
2: Yeah, and I can say that ground is a dump. But um <laughs> anyway. Um and the other
4: one, Andy Cole at QPR. Andy Cole at QPR. Andy Cole's only Burnley hat trick, of course, and that short spell he had at the club. Um, we rattling through these already. Have you got one for us,
1: Ben? Um, I can't say I've got a hat trick, but there was a J Rodriguez four, wasn't there? Some can't remember where it was.
4: Yep, Jay Rodriguez, four goals, goals. home to Burton Albion in the League Cup. Um, Just to clarify, anything over three counts as well. There's only one more on the list that was more than a a hat-trick, but that certainly counts. Andy, we'll have a hat-trick from you. Well, I'll say the one that got five then, which was Paul (laughs) Barnes. Paul Barnes against Stockport (laughs) County. Five-two and he scored all five, that's... um, A very memorable occasion, that one, Paul Barnes. I never thought he was actually that good, but he did seem to get quite a lot of goals when it counted. Robbie, we'll come back to you.
3: Um, Andy Cook got one when we beat York 7-2, I think.
4: Absolutely, 7-2 in the old Division 2. Andy Cook with a hat trick wasn't really a goal scorer, but he came up with a few, and we've got a few on the live chat that we'll go through now Gifton Noel-Williams of course who could forget I think they made a t-shirt I saw Gifton score a hat-trick after this one a hat-trick against Barnsley at home in a 4-2 win Gifton Noel-Williams what a player Ganks has been on he says Paul Barnes absolutely we've already done one Paul Barnes hat-trick Charlie Austin against Sheffield Wednesday last season in a 3-0 draw good answer Jack not often you get a hat-trick and don't win the game Graham Lancashire very good answer Ganks he's one of the earliest on the list October 1991 in a 6-2 win at Wrexham, Graham Lancashire. Played for pretty much all the clubs in the area, Graham Lancashire, didn't he? I think he was trying to tick off all the clubs in his name. Uh, Mike Conroy, another good guest from Paul there. Mike Conroy scored a hat-trick at home to Gilliam in the old Division 4. Um, that'll been the season we won that league title. And Chrissy Wellamore against... Lancashire's no as well. Side. What was that, Andy?
0: said uh, Grand Lancashire's against Wrexham was in the
4: uh, when they won the fourth division Was that the same season was it? Yeah Yeah it definitely was actually and there's another that season um, that I thought you might be able to get actually but Chrissy Wellmore we'll just do that one from Munch 4-3 against oh, Preston very famous game Can you give us that other one from the division four title winning season Andy? That'd be Roger Eli I think Absolutely Roger Eli and a 3-0 home winning against Chesterfield we are rocketing through these we will um, carry on going through them, I think. James, have you got another one?
2: No, I'll give you my two all in one go.
4: <laughs> well, you need to get your thinking cap on. Robbie, what about you? Um,
3: did Delroy Facey get one for us? He did. You did. Delroy Facey, <laughs> got the wall. There's got Delroy to be a
4: price Faisi. for that one. I, I thought he was going to be one of the ones that... Uh, People wouldn't get. What about you, Ben? You got any more hat tricks for us? you think um, come on, Austin Austin had more than one last season, didn't he?
1: It? it was two or three, wasn't it? Can't think of the game, so
4: absolutely. Was, uh, We've already had Sheffield Wednesday and Portsmouth. Can you remember the game? Charlie Austin's third hat trick. Not a clue. Useless. It was at home to Peterborough. Charlie Austin, the score of Burnley's last three hat tricks. <laughs> what up on me. <laughs> We've gone through quite a lot of these already, actually. But we've got some more on the live chat. If you're listening through Twitter as well, um, feel free to chuck in some answers. Use the hashtag NNNPod and we'll get those picked off. Delroy Facey wills come up with that one as well. Really good answer. I didn't think people were going to get him. And another cup one was Ian Moore. World of Munch. Ian Moore against Canvey Island. Found his level against Canvey Island. I think Ian Moore was a 4-1 win at third more. The vast majority of these actually came at Surfmoor. There's only a few away ones. And no one's mentioned, arguably the greatest goal scorer in Burnley's recent history, Andy Payton. against Colchester. He got one. One against Colchester, that's right. That was his first hat-trick for the club. Couldn't anyone remember Andy Payton's two other hat-tricks for Burnley? They were both at home. Obviously, that's a no from the panel. He had another at home to Oxford United in a 3-2 win and also at home to Hartlepool United in the League Cup, and that was August 2000. We are now down to just one, two, three, four or five more. I got one. Count
2: <laughs> Jeremy.
4: Have you got another one there, Andy?
0: Yeah, Billy Hamilton scored when against got Spurs in the League Cup, didn't he?
4: Yeah, that's a little bit longer ago than 1990, I think, Andy. I didn't hear you say that. (laughs) Just to clarify, this week's quiz is 24 hat-tricks since 1990. So Billy Hamilton I didn't hear you say that. I didn't hear you say that. (laughs) Damn. I'm just giving the question again in case anyone else didn't get it. Will's got one. Gareth Taylor scored a hat-trick for Burnley in a 4-7 Reverse against Watford at the end of the season, we conceded a hell of a lot of goals that season, and uh, we are now down to just a couple. Someone said Andy Cook, so I'll go through Andy Cook. So the one he also scored a hat trick at home to Watford in the old Division Two in a four-one win, and there's just two two left now. I think it's I think I've got instead, but we'll just do Paul Barnes other two. He obviously got that five for. Again, Stockport, and he also got a hat trick at Blackpool and one at home to Peterborough. So we've just got two left, and these are quite a long time ago now, 20 years ago. So, Andy, you're probably the only one of us that's going to remember these because you are the elder statement.
2: <laughs> as it was long ago as Billy Hamilton, though. Hey, it cheeky wasn't Chops. <laughs> on, Jimmy I to one of count. These. <laughs>
0: <laughs> But I was going to say Andy Gray, but well, that's not 20 years ago.
4: No, no. Did Andy Gray not getting a hat trick? No, he's not on my list. He's not on the list. Mm. I can't remember how
2: he did. He nearly did, but Leeds broke his foot, didn't he, after he scored the second?
4: Yes, and he he was never really the same after that, was he?
2: he We were never really the same. We didn't win for 19 games. (laughs) Was that after that game? Bloody hell! I don't think it was directly after. It might have been a couple of games after that, but that was the catalyst for that.
4: Well, I don't think the panel's going to get the last few, but... Unfortunately. Pe- Peter Mumby. No, no. Mm. He's a personal friend of yours, Andy. Peter Mumby. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he plays with
0: Vintage Clarots. I've never swore I've never <laughs> to him much. Nice guy.
4: <laughs> they always are. They always are. We've actually had the last two answers, so we'll round up the quiz uh, for this week. Paul gave us Tony Phyllis Girk. Can you believe he scored? Worst <clears throat> ever Burnley In a five Burnley a of Barnet. Well, he scored a hat-trick, so it couldn't have been that bad. And that was almost it, on my birthday in 1994, so well done, Tony Phillips. It, it was rubbish. And Will, Will has finished us off with David Ayres. Oh, David Ayres. who scored a hat-trick, a 4-1 win at home to Rochdale in the early stages of the FA Cup in 1993. So that rounds off this week's quiz, which was inspired by Danny Innes scoring his third brace of the season, still to get a hat-trick. So it'll be interesting to see who gets the next one. Um, right then, so after the QPR win, we are now five points clear of QPR, so we need to really start thinking about whether we are genuine promotion contenders, and I suppose beating QPR, James, well, what else could we do to be promotion contenders? We've got to start talking about us in those terms, don't we?
2: Well, I put a 5 on before the game for us to win the title, so I considered us t- uh, contenders anyway. <laughs>
4: Well odds did Because um, yeah, obviously the odds have been changing rapidly as our wins have been racked up.
2: I got nines.
4: That's not too Sorry. bad. That's not too bad. I think some people some enterprising folk were on us at the start of the season at about thirty three to one or something. That was um yeah, yeah. no one ever never brought <laughs> responsible gambling.
2: <laughs> I, I checked on Saturday evening and uh, where I got my nines, it was now down to five to one, so
4: I think I was looking the other day and QPR are still very strong favourites, but I think we were down to five, six to one, yeah, so the bookies still don't really fancy us, but they've certainly got us in that bracket with teams like QPR, teams like Leicester. Um, Robbie, do you think we're serious promotion contenders now?
3: I do now, Um, I think, I don't really know what to say, it's just, um, if if you do beat QPR at home convincingly like that and we've... Every single game we've into convincingly and won them. So, I, I, can't, I can't see us dropping off the form either. I think we are now genuine contenders to actually win the league.
4: Well, you look at the fixtures we've got coming up as well. Obviously, West Ham in the Cup tomorrow night. After that, there's an away game at Millwall. And then Bournemouth coming to Turf Moor. Uh, of course, the return of Eddie Howe. Ben, you've got to look at those two games. And the way we're playing, you'd expect them to win... Win at least one of them, if not both, wouldn't you?
1: You'd think so, wouldn't you? I mean, the ones that are—it's it, December for me—that's going to be the the next big big test. We've got Watford and and Leicester, um, and I think like like we've said, it's you know we've seen off QPR convincingly, and, and that's got to be a good sign. And I think it's it's those two sides that that'll that'll show like show everyone else. I mean, I, I'm convinced already, but it'll show show everyone else that we're realistic contenders for it you now. After the international break, we will have a game
4: at Forest, which could be a bit tricky, and Huddersfield away can be a little bit difficult. Watford at home, Barnsley at home. Like, once you've beaten Reading and QPR at home, I don't suppose you can really be afraid of any of the teams. Andy, are you still backing us for the title? Do you think that's a realistic prospect now? Uh,
0: I am, yeah. A uh, mate of mine had a sit on the turf, isn't he? he? said he wants to die because we haven't beat anyone above us. <laughs> But um, yeah, is, is that, you see that stat that I, I seen today. Is that what you were going to mention about? He, he um, has already
2: mentioned it. Yeah, I, I ever missed that Yeah, you, you were just—I don't know what you were doing. <laughs> Not online.
4: <laughs> oh,
2: flip, right, that's it.
4: Andy's internet connection. That was. I can't remember what stat you're referring to. <laughs> um, the, the last five. The one the
2: team top on the twenty-eighth. Yeah, yeah, that's the, the one, one that was
4: from Jack. <laughs> But I mean that's yeah. that's, that's it's really exactly, interesting. Exactly that, it was actually
2: from the Burnley Express, I think, wasn't it? Oh
0: well, no. some today some. some wow. Today, yeah. But like we have oh, we have the, the off points there. Disappointing. <laughs> if it was in the sun, <laughs> then it must be true.
4: <laughs> the football part's all right. <laughs> Gangster's been on the chat again he says um, we certainly played like title contenders at the moment. We've passed all the so called tests, we've had very good points. Um, you've gotta say though would it be fair to say, James, that with having such a small squad injuries are gonna happen at some point, and is is it gonna be difficult for us to cope when, when these injuries start to mount up
2: um maybe, but you know we've got we've got some quality still there in the squad um you know especially in stop. We've, got, we've got yeah we've got people <laughs> who can step in um <laughs> no, i i think I think it just depends on how we manage it we we're clearly very fit side and uh uh, I can't see too many injuries occurring with the sort of conditioning the guys have got in.
4: Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that, actually. Lee Hughes, when I interviewed him recently, one of the points that he made was that, obviously, you can't prevent all injuries, but the, the way the Sports Science team is set up, um, and we are going to try and do something with the Sports Science team for the site to give you all a little bit more information, um, but they can ensure that players get back from injury quickly and you can reduce the risk of, these little strains that take people out for two, three weeks. And we've seen that really with the fact that the team is so settled. It's quite rare that Dash has been forced to make a change. I think we're all surprised that there was a change on Saturday that was just because Arfield was injured. But like you said, James, there is some cover there and Tracy came in and did well. And I'm sure whoever comes in for Jones and Marnie, if they're out tomorrow night, I'm sure they will also do a good job. Um We'll move on to the West Ham game now. Actually, I've just been saying about the fact that Marnie, Jones, Arfield could all be missing. Do you think it's a good chance for Dash to mix the squad up a bit? What do you think, Robbie?
3: Um, I'm worried about our central midfield now. I don't. I think I, I would guess a bit Edgar and Stock in central midfield tomorrow night, and with them both being very similar midfield players in sitting, I can't. I think we were struggling genuinely creating the opportunities. Um, good opportunity for Stanislas to come in to replace Arfield, I would guess.
4: Well, he, he went for Tracy over over Stanislas, which I was a little I, bit surprised ex- at. But Tracy played well.
2: I'd expect both wingers to to be uh, not the the norm tomorrow. You night.
3: think Carter so, will get rest?
2: I think Carter will get a rest, and I think well, certainly we'll deserved Stanislas him, and Keith.
3: Kitely were rested for the last cup game, weren't he? I think Stanislas came in for that one.
2: So uh, oh, I think he... I think we'll see a, a completely different midfield with the the same defence. Bar maybe uh Danny Lafferty at left back.
4: That's interesting. I, I think normally in the back five you would leave well alone unless unless someone's carrying something that they need to rest uh but Lafferty, I thought Lafferty was a bit unlucky to lose his place, but Ben Me's done pretty well since coming back in, so he might use it as a chance to have a look at Lafferty. Um, yeah, what I about Ryan? Noble? concern
2: about he's not going to play. <laughs> <laughs> That's that
4: one done then. No chance. If you're listening, Ryan, you're not playing. <laughs> Don't even take your boots. What were you about to say about um, having a concern there, James? Oh, me. Um, he,
2: he's someone who doesn't mind getting himself crippled um, so I think in a game like a cup game against West Ham where it'd be nice to be in the next round but there's more important things it might be a good idea to sort of leave him on the on the bench rather than let him sort of that's himself. a good point he does
4: sort of put his body on the line a bit doesn't he and I think that's why he picks up these injuries just because he's a bit of a warrior and he likes to block things with all parts of his body like we saw against Reading I think it was last season when he bought one with his face um, Will's been on saying Dash has actually already been on Sky Sports and he's saying he's going to play stronger strongest side so probably not that many changes that could just be a bit of gamesmanship I'm, I'm sure he'll uh, he'll judge it on its merits and if, if he thinks a couple well, of players need to rest and if he wants to put someone in I'm, I'm sure, sure he meant make it. His,
2: his strongest available side and uh, obviously there's a big concern with Marnie going off late on Saturday that maybe there's a, a little bit of something there and uh his well, strongest side may actually not include Marnie, who, you know, Arfield as well, who were injured, and obviously Jones isn't available anyway.
4: Yeah, well, there's only so many changes they can make anyway because it's not like he has a QPR side, stat size squad where he's got so many players who are going to be sat in the. Signing the stands, Um, Roger's mentioned as well that Trippier seems to have an injury at one point on Saturday. Trippier seems to pick up these little knocks during games and he just carries on and then he's fine for the next game. I don't think Trippier will be missing the game. It's a long time since Trippier missed the game. I think, isn't there a stat that says since he signed for us, he's missed one game and that was through suspension when he'd been sent off wrongly at Barnsley? I think that's right.
2: Leeds. Off against was it Leeds he got sent off? Was it
4: Leeds? No, you're right, it was Leeds. It was two dodgy bookings, weren't it?
2: Yeah, it was Brian Stock who was dodgily sent off at Barnsley. That's the one. The that's same the one. sort of thing, two bookings, and no one could understand what he'd actually done.
4: Wasn't one uh, a case of mistaken identity in the stock? Yes, it? yes, it was. When um, it was.
2: Which, was it bizarrely, something is something that you can't appeal against. I think, isn't it, something like that? Yeah, well, you're right. can you can't appeal.
4: appeal his... Yeah, and you can't appeal but sending but because off because it was people mistaken.
2: People and... Yeah, but you should have been able to because of mistaken identity. I mean, think was the gist of what people were getting at.
4: What sort of team do you think West
1: Ham are going to bring, Ben? Do you think they'll rest a few players? Well, I think the thing is, I think that, um, that, especially after the results we've had recently, I think they'd be stupid to, and I think that they might have thought a couple of weeks back that we were, you know, it was a fixture they could could easily win with a perhaps a weaker side. But I think now we. are We've become a force to be reckoned with, and um, rightly so. And I think that they'd it'd be stupid to bring anything less than less than perhaps the strongest or, or a bit short of
4: this one. I was I was already having a look at the odds and um they are the bookies I was looking at are exactly split down the middle, Burnley and West Ham. So I thought we might even be favourites going into this game. Yeah, especially um, at, but I think. apparently not the case. With the way we've been playing, West Ham aren't ex- extremely um uh, good on the road, are they? I, I would Backers to get a result. We'll come on to predictions a bit later. Obviously, West Ham have got a B squad, and whoever they play will be a test. Uh, they're in decent form, West Ham. I'm just looking at their results. They've um, picked up a few good wins, obviously, one at Spurs quite recently. That's one of the few big wins they've had on the road under Allardyce, really. Uh, they got a point at Swansea, of course, yesterday. Uh, they lost at Hull, though. They got points at Southampton. That's quite a good result. They got points at Newcastle. So they're not going to pick these results up. Um, Allardyce has already been saying that he's going to play his reserves, actually. So I suppose Dash can tell his players um, Allardyce thinks his reserves can win the game. And you need to go out there and prove him wrong. um do you think?
1: I was just going to say, Jim, Sorry, I what it's was what's, that, Ben? Go on, Jump. I think in. I was just gonna say it's what's good about this fixture when it first when when it was first drawn, everyone was a bit disappointed. I think that it wasn't a, the glamour time we were hoping for for this round. But I think it's it's very winnable, and I think that's something that we should should hold on to even if it's not as you know as glitzy as, as what we might have hoped for.
4: Absolutely. I mean I'm sure any home draw would have been welcomed and a, a bigger way draw someone like the Manchester Clubs or Absolutely. a Chelsea or an Arsenal or someone like that would have been what everyone was after for a payday. But I West, would have Ham West Ham away. Yeah, <laughs> West Ham away would have been good for the London Clarets. Yeah, it would have been close, uh, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure it'll be a massive crowd. I don't think it's a particularly glamorous game. It's like West Ham haven't really got a lot of players that you'd want to go and watch, so the crowd might be interesting, but I'm sure whoever does make it to the turf will make sure it's a, a good atmosphere and a, a good night under the lights. Robbie, do you think. Um, <laughs> Do you think the cup run is helping the league form at the moment? The fact that we've got the momentum from all these wins that they're mounting up—do you think that's helped?
3: Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Because obviously we've won them, so we keep getting more confidence. So I'm just wondering whether all these games are going to catch up with us eventually. I don't really know. Just, I just don't want it to go into extra time, to be honest, and then going to the middle. Of it going to the Millwall match on Saturday and hopefully be fresh.
4: That's a fair point. I'm sure we'd take um, a result in 90 minutes, ideally. Uh, Jack's been on saying the clubs are expecting a large crowd. Um, that might be a bit of kidology there from the club trying to get people to turn up. I'm really not expecting it to be that big a crowd, although I think it's a price pretty reasonably. Roger says it could be a good chance to get some youngsters on the bench, maybe someone like Stephen Hewitt or Cameron Howison. Um, it's a reasonable opportunity I suppose especially when you've got players like um, Jones definitely missing maybe Marnie in our field as well um, Andy do you think it'll be our strongest side against their reserves then do you think that's how it's going to look tomorrow night um,
0: yeah I do I think Dysh will play his best side and I really don't think he'll give the monkeys what side uh, West Stamper out if he whether they put out kids or reserves or the first team, it, it won't make any difference to how Dice sets our lot up to win. Um, and I think they'll go out there and they'll give it their all. And I'd be, I think there'll be minimum changes. Um, and I've got, like I said at the start of the season, if you're going to enter a competition, you enter it to win it. And just, you know, no matter how much uh, other things are going on, we still need to progress in the cup for another couple of rounds because it's big money, isn't it?
4: I agree with you. I mean, we all know money's still quite tight at the club, and it, it could be all the difference to being able to get someone in maybe in January if we can yeah. get a player, get we'll a player maybe in, in January. Or we'll exactly get older got. players if we get yeah. bids. I mean, 116... I'm sure the club, will, the club will do as much as they can to keep older players in January, especially if we're still at the top of the table. But, yeah, yeah, I've
2: got I've just on that. I think if you're top in January, um, it takes a very, very big offer to.
4: Absolutely, Japanize but yeah, yeah. every yeah. player's yeah. got the price, don't they? Every player's got the price. If we've got silly offers true, for something,
2: true. then it but would be difficult the, to turn the, it down. The cost, the cost of missing out on promotion compared to the, that short-term injection of cash, I think, is you know, massive. I yeah, you're absolutely right.
4: That... We will be talking really, we
0: really We're win winning cup at the same time. <laughs> We're do the FA, FA Cup,
4: League Cup and and Championship. <laughs> That's Mystic Candy's latest prediction. <laughs> I'll, end, I'll end out the podcast. Get yourself down the bookies, but um, only bet what you can afford to lose <laughs> because that might be a loser. Um, Buy a t-shirt. Been... <laughs> <laughs> Buy a t-shirt with the winnings. Buy a t-shirt. Andy's been on the chat as well. He says um, the short striker is West Ham because Ricardo Velasquez is out. I'm not sure that would be too concerning because he is rubbish. But, yeah, if they're short of strikers, that would be good news for us, I think. Um, I've got an extra sort of little bonus quiz question, actually, this week. I forgot to do it earlier, so we'll we'll do another quiz now, if Adam's got the music. Quiz music. Quiz music. There's two players this season to have played every minute of the season so far. Um, You must be able to name these two. It's not that difficult, is it? I'll throw this one wide open to the panel. Two players have played every minute of the season so far. Tom Eaton. No, Tom Eaton got sent off. Sent off for Brian and then yeah. didn't play the next game. So, Tom Eaton, it's incorrect. Is that, is that Mr.
0: Birch under in there? Come on then, correct answer next, please.
4: <laughs> <laughs> is Trippier, has Trippier played all? Spore. Jason Shackle. Kieran Trippier and Jason Shackle. Ben and James, absolutely right there. A pair of warriors. Uh, play every game. Always seems to be fit. Always available. Don't miss games because of suspensions, typically. And Shackle, actually, on Saturday, this was the reason I came up with this little start, extra bonus quiz, it was Shackle's 50th consecutive league start for Burnley on Saturday. Jason Shackle has been excellent, I think. Um, I want to talk as well about the Manager of the Month award, which will be announced in the next few days. We will, of course, be doing our own Player of the Month award after tomorrow night. But the Manager of the Month award, is that going to be um, inevitable? That be
3: Sean
4: Dash. After a run of wins and only one goal conceded, I think Andy, do you think Dash has got that one sewn up already?
0: I think so because I think they've renamed it the Sean Dash Manager of the <laughs> Month Award. <laughs> <laughs> he can't it's, not win it if you played four and one for and you top of the league. You can't possibly give it to anyone else, can you? But exactly. It's, I used to, I used good. to think they were poison chalices, but I mean, I don't really care now. I don't think he'll care about another bottle of champagne. He'll dedicate it to the players and the team and the fans again, and we'll we'll uh, win it next month.
2: I think the most important question, though, is what is he going to sit on for the picture this time? <laughs> he us last time. <laughs> a Vings t shirt. What will we be this time?
0: <laughs> we should actually get a Vings a box t-shirt. of Vings t shirts.
4: <laughs> well, you should send some t shirts to the club, actually, and see if we can get pictures of the, the players wearing some. Just in case you've just joined us and you're wondering what all this t shirt bounce is, um, we've got a, a Spreadshirt store set up james do you know what the the web address is for that for that store
2: yeah it's a, it's a really nice one it's noneyonever.spreadshirt.co.uk
4: excellent and if you go to that web address we've got baby girls we've got kids t-shirts women's t-shirts men's t-shirts all with the hashtag Ving, vings slogan and our web address so you can be a walking advert for the website what more could you want vings not bings vings things it's actually quite hard to say so you need to get it on a t-shirt so everyone can see it instead uh yeah get your vings t-shirts and show your support for the lads what about player of the month um obviously we'll talk about this next week really but do you think we'll start with you ben do you
1: think any of the players might go forward for the the division award this month it's such a difficult one isn't it because especially with the, the No No Never Award it's so easy to keep trying to put, put Ings and Bokes for because they're the ones at the, at the forefront of it all but I think you know Ings has had a, a, a cracking month and I think he, he's a difficult one to keep ignoring I think even though he you know like to try and spread the honours but but I think he's in for a good shout you Andy do
4: you think Ings might get on that shortlist Are you there Andy uh, yeah, I know. It should. Um, <laughs> you just wandered off. You just left No, no. He keeps cut cutting
0: out. I must be in. I must be in a Faraday cage or something. I don't know what's going on. Um, I think English. Uh... Reference. Well, hey, listen. I went to school. <laughs> a long time ago. It was a, a good. It was a good ago. one. It was a good one. It was approved and everything. <laughs> um, that's when they
2: invented Faraday cages, isn't it? <laughs> that's it
0: yeah. I knew him actually. <laughs> <laughs> did he you teach
2: physics? <laughs> you physics?
0: He yeah. He did, yeah. yeah. Now Pascal taught us that, I think. Oh, the uh, question was are any of yeah, our
2: players things. Out the
4: division shortlist? You think? Things uh, not yeah, but he had Leonardo actually...
2: da Vinci for maths. I'm <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <And, and> drawing. <laughs> Oh, dearie me. And it descends into chaos yet again. Um, da you, Vinci you know, would be a great
2: primary school teacher, wouldn't he?
0: could do it all. Do it all, yeah. No one knows more than him. It wouldn't be that great because he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> there is that, isn't there? Harsh. <laughs> Harsh, yeah. You can't hold it against him, though. That's discrimination against dead people. <laughs> and <it's>... Deadism. Deadism. <laughs> Deadism. <laughs> um uh, I don't yeah, things and yeah, go somewhere else. <laughs> 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 I th- I was gonna say I was gonna say that I think um, even though I'm a massive fan of anything, Sam Vokes impressed me uh this month. because um, some of the uh, he's, he's scored a decent amount of goals and like he's 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 cre- he's been involved in most of them. So I'd uh, I'd think he'd be up for it as well, to be honest.
4: I think he's got an excellent show. It was actually Shackle who um, was the Burnley representative last year, last year, last month, and I think he'd have a fair share. There's probably quite a few players. then. Definitely, <laughs> definitely What about you, Robbie? Do you think there'll be a Burnley player on that Player of the Month shortlist when it comes out this week?
3: I think there has to be. Um, I I expect Shackle to be on it again, or Kieran Trippier perhaps. I don't think he's been nominated yet either.
4: No, Trippier's an interesting one, actually. When we launched the, the No-N-Ever Burnley Express Player of the Month Award catchy title, we need to come up with a new name for that because it is quite long-winded. Um, we had a couple of wags saying um, it'd be the Kieran Trippier Player of the Month Award, and he's, I don't think he's even been in, been in the top three for either of the awards so far, so maybe Trippier's consistency will get him in there. Um, just to recap the results so far this month, there was two not one at Doncaster, Don Volks was on score sheet there and there was an own goal and then Reading, Ings and Volks both scored, Arfield got the winner at Ipswich and then a Danny Ings brace, so three goals for Danny Ings in the four games so far would probably put him in the mix. Um, James, have we come to you on this point about the Player of the Month? I can't remember.
2: No, you haven't. Um, I I think Ings is uh, in with a shout, if not Jason Shackle again because personally, Jason Shackle's going to be my choice for the, the No Name Never Award this month.
4: Well, Like I say, we'll come to the non never ever Award next week, I think, when we've played all the games. But yeah, I think Shackle will certainly be in the mix again and Ings and Volk's would be uh, probably my nominations. We've had a couple of questions on the chat saying, can we get all four nominations? I think it's, it's unwritten that you'd normally just have one per club, so it will be interesting because obviously they can't ignore the Burnley form. They're going to have to have a Burnley representative and it's going to be tough to decide... Who gets on there? I'm not sure when that's announced, actually. It'll probably Heaton, be. Heaton would be a good shot as well. Heaton? Not a bad he's like, shot. He's like,
2: he's like one goal in out of four one games. Goal, so. that was an
4: own goal, wasn't it? It was a shackle, own yeah. goal. Yeah.
2: I think you actually have to face some shocks though, to be in contention.
4: Absolutely. One of the
0: points oh, I was going to take Takes the defence. Well, even, even <laughs> the further forward. The, en- the entire Burnley defence was the team of the team of the weekend in the sun today. Well, he actually, find, yeah, it was quite funny.
2: The thing is, yeah, no, no one reads the Sun, Andy.
0: No one reads the Sun. <laughs> Three million people daily. It's all the it was either that or the Daily
2: Mail. He doesn't read it anyway. He yeah. just all the pictures. And if you bought either of those, you wouldn't count, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> gonna fall out, me and you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna whack you with my Labour Party membership card. <laughs>
4: First ever fight on the non ever podcast. <laughs> anyway, order, order. Um, what was I going to say about Tom Heaton there? James just pointing out that he hasn't really had to make that many saves. That's the whole way through the team as a result of this pressing game. The fact that he's got so much protection, we don't let teams get in behind us because everyone's pressing and teams just don't create chances against us anymore. Um. Right, I think the last thing we're going to do for the... the <laughs> no name ever does politics, klaxon. Andy says he reads the Guardian. <laughs> gangster has just ousted himself as a, daily meet, as a daily mail reader. It's all kicking off. It's all kicking off. We're finding out a lot about everyone <laughs> today, but we're going to do some predictions. We'll do some predictions for tomorrow night's game, just to round off the podcast. We'll start with you, Robbie. Burnley against West Ham tomorrow. Um, I say we'll
3: win 2-0. 2-0?
4: Goal scorers,
3: um,
4: Vings. <laughs> Buy a Vings t-shirt. What about you, Ben? Prediction that, for tomorrow night. I think
1: it'll be another clean sheet, but I think it might be one nil. Uh, Ings.
4: Tight game with an Ings goal. James, yeah. we'll come to you.
2: I think I already gave a prediction to a West Ham blog, so I think it was two-one. If it wasn't, then I'm not very consistent. But having just. <laughs> <too long. laughs> Oh, we had Robbie. Was
4: it last week's podcast where Robbie was giving different answers all the way? I, think,
2: I think Robbie gave every possible outcome of the game. Um, <laughs> yes. well, was right. it. He was right. He was right
4: eventually. Um, a prediction from you, Andy. How many goals is Ing's going to score tomorrow night? I'm
0: going to be controversial here and say that it's nope. gonna, like a thousand yard stare. It's going to be nil nil after extra time and we'll win on penalties. <laughs> 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 if it was I the like... league we'd obviously win
4: 7-0 <laughs> and Ings would get all 8 7-0 <laughs> and Ings would win all 8 uh, what about you Adam are you, are you alive enough to, to give a prediction for us
3: I uh, can confirm I'm alive
4: because <laughs> I just t- did that fantastic timing on that done 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 well done congratulations
3: <laughs> um Okay, I'm gonna go 2 1 with Vings the scorers. Uh, for us, obviously, we're gonna win.
4: Obviously, <laughs> obviously, there's, there's no Vings there. made one person, <laughs> we should be able to play 12 players because Vings yeah. should just count as one. <laughs> just
0: write it on the team sheet.
4: <laughs> we actually had, I think it was Kev did a piece for the site, and um, he did like a team sheet and he had Vings written. No, it, it was for a picture. Remember the, the Rovers derby. game when he had the, the team sheet and it was all kick David Dunn and he put Vings as one name and someone had said, Are we only gonna play the ten players then? It's like, <laughs> Vings things are actually two people. I know like the they're, they're a one minded entity roaming across turf and but they are actually two people. Um We'll just do a final plug for these t shirts then before we end the show. <laughs> um, in case in case you've just joined us, we've launched a spreadshirt store. Uh the web address is no name dot where you can buy your own things t shirts. And I can confirm that the money um we're not gonna be making any profit on these. Um it's strictly an awareness raising <laughs> exercise. We just wanna get our We're our, not a charity our... <laughs> Our web address on people's faces, on people's chests. Oh dear! So yeah, we're not making money off these t-shirts, so don't yeah, so feel. The
2: only people making money are those damn capitalists at Spreadshirt.
4: Yeah. Bloody <laughs> capitalism <Ugh>. boils <laughs> my blood. So yeah, don't don't think we're all sat at home on gold thrones with the the takings from these t-shirts because we're not making any money. So that's how many people. I'm sat
2: like. on the I'm sat on the floor doing this podcast. That's how poor <laughs> we are. <laughs> so you spend all your it's money on the times. <laughs> uh,
0: Dunn's only 20p. <laughs> there's
4: a reason it's only 20p, it? Andy. <laughs> That's <there's> true. <laughs> only going for the football. Aye, for the football. That's what they all say. I only read Playboy for the articles.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, I think we'll. Um, I think we should leave it there before we um, de- descend into any more anarchy. It's been a good show this week. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for everyone on our panel this week. We've had Ben, his first podcast. We've had Robbie as well, James, Adam, and Andy. We'll be back tomorrow night for none and ever live. West Ham the visitors to the turf, of course, in a Capital One Cup game, placing the quarterfinals up for grabs. So, well worth following that with us tomorrow night and we'll have updates on Twitter and all that fun stuff as well. Uh, None name, Never Live will be on Saturday as well from Millwall Way and then the podcast will be back on Monday. So thanks a lot for everyone who listened. Thanks again to my panellists and we will see you next time. Thanks a lot for listening. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.
3: Bye. You've been listening to the No Name Never podcast. For more, visit Never.net. and don't forget, Follow us on Twitter at NonaneEvernet.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods